I help people understand what's going on in their cycle and I give them tools to track their cycle, um, whether that is to uh, just get more body literate and more aware about what's happening in their body and with their hormones, or whether they're trying to conceive or prevent pregnancy as fertility awareness can be used as a contraceptive method. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. We have Katinka Locascio here. She is joining us um, today on the podcast to talk about fertility awareness method. Um, she is a licensed massage therapist, an osteopathic manual practitioner, and a fertility awareness educator. And so she's here to share some information about the fertility awareness method and how we can all be more educated and aware. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Talking about fertility awareness is one of my favorite things to do. If you accidentally sit down next to me on the subway, you might end up learning all about it. <laughs> I love so it. I'm really happy to be here and share uh, some information about this. Um, I work with people in a variety of different ways. So I'm primarily a body worker. I use a number of different tools to help people come into their body in a more healthful or easeful way, depending on what their goals are. Um, one of the areas I've really explored and loved has been working uh, with um, people who are trying to conceive or who are having reproductive challenges or also um, menstrual cycle imbalances, uh, and that includes postpartum as well. So that was a really exciting area for me to get into. I'm a certified Arvigo massage therapist. Um, so I do a lot of the mind abdominal massage. And in that work, I started to incorporate my love and passion for, for fertility awareness. And then I went on to do the two-year certification to become a fertility awareness educator. Um, so what that means is I help people understand what's going on in their cycle. And I give them tools to track their cycle, um, whether that is to... Uh, just get more body literate and more aware about what's happening in their body and with their hormones or whether they're trying to conceive or prevent pregnancy as fertility awareness can be used as a contraceptive method. This is awesome. And tell us a little bit about why this in particular in today's day is so important because it is, right? We're, we're looking into a world where um, people are getting, having children later and later. So can you speak to your experiences with that and how this has helped? Yeah, well, when you're talking about this day and age, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is the political climate. And, you know, for me, um, the most empowered way is to know what's happening in your body and then be able to make choices based on that uh, at any point in time. So it's something I feel really passionate about, particularly at this moment, um, that people have access to education if they want it. Um, in order to better understand and be in charge of their own reproductive life, essentially. Um, but, you know, you were pointing at something different, which has to do with fertility and um, people having children a little bit later on. Um, to me, it's really about the relationship and um, it has to do with what is our relationship to our fertility from really early on, actually. How do we hold that in this culture? 
um, what is our experience with contraception from the time we come into our reproductive or childbearing years all the way through peri and postmenopause, right? So it's about that conversation and that dialogue. And fertility awareness method has always been a way, I think, to engage that conversation and deepen it and give people different tools to um, have agency in their own reproductive health. Um, so I can talk more specifically about uh, how I've applied it with, uh, particularly with fertility in mind, but it's really bigger than that, which is sort of what I love about it. That's awesome. So can you tell us exactly what it is? Because I know a lot of people aren't aware. I wasn't initially. I was just aware that that existed and that people can seek help if they need to in a non, um, you know, injection, non birth control pill, non sort of uh, IUD sort of a way. Um, but can you explain sort of the nitty gritties on exactly what it entails? Yeah, so let's actually break this down a little bit and I'm going to define three different terms and then I'll get deeper into them. The first term is just fertility awareness and that's really a lifestyle choice. That is just a way of, like I said before, living with our fertility in a different way, in a more harmonious way sometimes, um, and having all the options at our disposal. So that could mean using different forms of contraception at any given moment in somebody's reproductive journey. Um, it can look a number of different ways, but the awareness and the appreciation of our fertility is part of that. Um, and anybody can practice fertility awareness at any point in their life, really. Um, it's just a matter of the knowledge and handing that knowledge on and forward. Um, then there's the fertility awareness method. And that is a, one of many different types of what we call fertility awareness-based methods. So fertility awareness-based methods is an umbrella term that includes many different variations on it. And essentially what that means is somebody is tracking different um, signals that their body is giving off, whether it's temperature, whether it's hormones, whether it's cervical fluid. Um, but there are many different methods, and they all have different amounts of um, sort of research behind them, at different schools, different companies supporting them, et cetera. So there's a wide range of fertility awareness-based methods, but they generally involve some form of observation and some form of action based on that observation. Um, the fertility awareness method in specific is kind of a loose term for what also gets referred to as the symptothermal method. Um, Sympto meaning symptom or sign that the body is giving off thermal meaning temperature. So I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and that's what I tend to teach. So basically the fertility awareness method or symptothermal method is a daily practice during which a person observes their primary fertility signals, those being basal body temperature and cervical secretions. Um, there are a couple other optional symptoms that they might observe during that time. And then um, engages in the practice of tracking them, whether it's on paper or in an app, um, and applies specific rules to identify a fertile window. And then decisions can be made based on that. So if you are trying to prevent 
pregnancy, you would abstain or use another contraception during that fertile window, usually a barrier method or withdrawal, um, but there are other options. Versus if you're trying to conceive, you would engage in intercourse during that time to increase your chances. And it gets more specific from there based on what else might be going on. Um, otherwise, uh, the information that is being gathered can just give a good picture of what's going on with the hormonal health. Um, and that's something that I really love, the body literacy aspect of it. Uh, it's really nice to know what's happening in your body over decades of time and see what that looks like from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s and develop that kind of relationship with your hormones and um, have a sense of what it feels like in the body. That's where I get really excited about it. So does that help? Does that define fertility? Yeah, awareness? I think... I think that really helped. I think the most important part of what you just said, which struck a wonderful chord for me, is the agency um, that you really just get control over knowing what your body is doing and sort of not swimming in open waters, um, so to speak, when it comes to conception or lack thereof, whatever your goals are, um, just knowing what your body is doing and understanding your own signals. I think that, like, I recently read a, a study that was saying how a large astounding percentage of women who were in the peripartum years um, didn't know how many orifices the female anatomy had. And that's the fact that many people don't understand this and they don't know their own anatomy. They don't know their own um, hormones and things like that. And it's not nothing to blame. It's just that there is lack of own awareness. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's in part, our job as practitioners in this field to help people bring awareness through educational sessions or workshops or providing our services one-on-one -on -one or in large groups to help people understand mm -hmm. whether it's as simple as, you know, recording a temperature, which is a pretty, you know, easily learnable task. Um, but then it provides so much information mm -hmm. and that therefore gives you control over understanding what's going on. So mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. Um, that part and I'll add a couple more clarifications. So I think when people hear fertility awareness or natural birth control, they immediately think about the rhythm method. Um, that was probably the most widely known and widely used fertility awareness based method. Um, it's also unfortunately not the most effective. Um, and it is part of the history of where fertility awareness method as it's practiced today comes from in that we learned a lot from that research that was being done um, and that developed the rhythm method, but it's not the same thing. And that's really important to state um, because we all know the old joke, you know, what do you call people who use the rhythm method? Parents. <laughs> so um, that's, you know, that's the first question I usually get is, is it effective? Um, and today's symptothermal method is based on research and um, understanding of anatomy that is much more recent than the, the rhythm method is itself. Um, and it's continually evolving and there actually, frankly, needs to be a lot more research happening. And we're seeing that slowly being pushed as sort of femtech companies come about and everybody's trying to market the latest app or technology to help women with fertility or help them have more contraceptive options. Um, but that is something important to note that this is really a, a current and modern scientific method that's based on our understanding now of what's happening in the body um, and the research that's gone on for over a hundred years. So now I'm curious, what is the rhythm? 
<laughs> I'd love to learn more. The rhythm method came about when we discovered, you know, we only discovered, I think, something like in 1905 that um, ovulation happens once per cycle. And then eventually it was discovered that it happens halfway through the cycle. And so as that information started to evolve, um, we, a method was developed that said, let's count the number of days um, and subtract it. And so it defines a window based on calculation. So it's called also the calendar method sometimes. And for people with impeccably consistent cycles, it's very effective. The problem is that you're basing your decision on past cycles, which don't predict what happens in future cycles. And so if something different happens in a cycle, you don't know about it until it's too late, essentially. The difference with the fertility awareness method or symptothermal method is that you're basing your decisions on daily observation. So it's current data that's happening each day. And you ask yourself the question, am I fertile or am I not? Or can I consider myself fertile or not uh, based on what I'm seeing today? So what happened last month is, is in some ways not dictating your decision-making process on that day. No, um, and I that's why that. it's so much more effective. And I, I hear that from a lot of the patients that I treat too, that their cycles aren't regular, mm -hmm. that everybody has a little bit of wiggling here and there, depending on your stress levels and depending on your diet, depending on your exercise levels, there's so many things that go into play. So I can imagine how that would be a little scary if you're all of, all of what you're basing off of is from previous cycles, which could be different mm -hmm. from the current one. So that's, that's important information to know. So now let's dive into sort of the nitty gritty. So if somebody were to work with you and, or work with another fertility awareness based method, um, uh, instructor, how would they receive information on what to do? So first of all, it depends on what their goals are. Um, but generally, um, people either teach classes in a group format or work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I tend to really enjoy working on one-on-one -on -one because I can get really individualized both with what works for that person's lifestyle and also um, what's going on in their hormonal health. Very often when uh, people come to me, um, there's something going on in their hormonal health that we want to look at as well. And we might be referring out uh, to somebody else or getting additional information or lab work done. Um, but uh, that can come up, for example, someone who's coming off the pill and uh, isn't cycling regularly right away, but wants to move into using fertility awareness method as a form of birth control. Uh, so there might be some work we have to do first to help the body regulate and normalize and get into a more consistent pattern so that the method will be more uh, sustainable for them as well and they feel better overall. Um, but generally, I'll, I'll teach them in a three-part class and the first part is a really fun review of our reproductive anatomy. And it's going back to 10th grade and looking at estrogen and progesterone from a more current point of view that's more relevant to us now often and really understanding um, what is going on. Like you said, there's a lot of like, what's happening down here? I don't really know. Uh, let's put a black box around this. Um, and so oftentimes the first time someone really encounters that part of their body is either because they're making this kind of change uh, in terms of birth control or they're wanting to have a baby or just had a baby. And that all of a sudden brings a whole awareness about what the cervix is and what's going on. Uh, so that's a really fun part of the class. We also look at arousal anatomy. That's something that, um, you know, I just feel like was left out, frankly, of our 10th grade anatomy classes. And it's really important to have that update, especially for the female body, because that piece is often left out, um, and it shouldn't be. 
So we look at the anatomy and then we talk about the actual practice of charting. So that means I teach people how to take their temperature, what's the right protocol for that, and how to start to explore their cervical fluid. Um, and that's always where everyone's like, whoa, I've been wanting to talk about this and no one's wanted to talk about this with me. Um, that's a really fun discussion about just you know, most people have noticed cervical fluid at some point and either thought it was discharge or something going wrong, didn't want to talk about it. But when we start to look at how amazing this substance is and all the things it does, um, it's really cool because a whole new appreciation is developed. And honestly, to successful charting in my mind, knowing your cervical fluid and knowing it well is the key. And the temperature is more of a confirmation. Um, that's my bias because I like the symptothermal method best. Other methods use, you know, you can pee on a stick and test your estrogen and your LH levels. Um, you can just use temperature. There's lots of different variations. But to me, this is the one that um, I think is the most successful and works the best in my life. Um, so that's what I teach. And then I send people off to go ahead and try charting for a month or a week or however long it's going to be. Um, and then we get together and we talk through all the details of how did it go? What went wrong? What went well? What did you learn? Where are your questions? So we can really pinpoint. Um, and that's something that's interesting to note. This method is a lot more successful when it's actually taught by an instructor. Because you can learn some of this from a book, but there's going to be questions that come up. And um, being able to talk through those and understand what's really going on um, makes a huge difference also in the sustainability of it and how long somebody chooses to chart their cycles for. Um, and then uh, after that, we talk about the rules of applying um, this method, method for birth control or for contracept or conception, if that's what they're looking for. And finally, we look at ways that we can um, engage with our hormonal health, uh, sort of get a little bit of a better sense of our own body literacy through charting. That's sort of usually a bonus at the end that we talk about. That's amazing. I want to take your class. <laughs> it's really fun. It's, it's really so a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I also teach to practitioners who are wanting to integrate this um, into their work, either as an herbalist or an acupuncturist or whatever other modalities they might be using, um, because it can be a really useful tool as a practitioner as well. Yeah, and just for everybody to know, I encourage everyone to take the class if you're a female and, you know, are sexually active, or even if you're not, to take the class just to know more about your body and Everyone asks that question, like, oh, is my discharge okay? Like, what? Because I do internal pelvic floor work. So people are always concerned about everything that's going on down there. And I think it's important for people to understand, like, well, is this infectious or is this normal? What is your normal? And I, I always tell people if you've never sat down on your, laid down on your back with a handheld mirror to look at your private areas, then you are at a disservice to yourself. It's, it's awesome that women have an opportunity to learn these things. And I encourage everybody to, you know, talk to someone who's certified. Um, and so can they find you on social media? And do you have contact information you'd like to share? Yeah, so myself and a colleague, we do our fertility awareness work through a site called Appleseed Fertility. Um, and it's the same on Instagram. And I'll post classes that I'm doing there. Um, and then I would really recommend also people check out the overall organization. It's called the Association of Fertility Awareness Professionals, or AFAP. 
Um, and anybody who's interested or gets passionate or gets the bug uh, can join and become a member just as a supporter, which is really wonderful because the dialogue and the discussion and sort of the um, exploration of the research is really exciting and really engaging. So that's a wonderful thing to do if you're interested in this practice from a professional standpoint um, and want to get more involved and meet other professionals doing it. Uh, as well as they have a list, a directory of certified uh, fertility awareness educators on there and all over the world. So if someone's looking for a teacher outside of New York City, that's a great resource as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and teaching us so many wonderful things. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.